the place. I know you're going to start a series. I... <laughs> Hello and welcome into another to another week of the stadium experience. I'm Jake Elmsley. Jordan Moment sure is here with me, making his presence known early and often. So we were just uh, thinking about a little, little bit of John Denver, of course, to celebrate the the. It's a good bit. The Denver Nuggets winning the winning the title. Jordan, remember that that happened recently. I, I did. They they I sure did, did, I did, did I just watch that game. They sure they sure did. And we're gonna get into some thoughts because there's plenty to talk about. They, oh man, they sure did just cruise to the finals to, to winning that title, didn't they? They played uh they played nine combined games between the Western Conference Finals and the final. Is that a record? That must be a record. Probably that I don't feel like looking it up. Probably in like the like in the sixties, Bill Russell somehow like 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 they had to evoke like the mercy rule in like game three and like well actually it's uh, it's nineteen sixty four so we just don't play game four if you win by like two hundred in game three because everybody has to go to Vietnam tomorrow so we're just gonna end the game. But yeah, I didn't I didn't see any Mickey Mouse stat about finals being one and eight conference finals and finals being one in eight games yeah so oh true i was even thinking about yeah no they really just cruised huh they just they just yeah i i guess the suns were the true contender huh the suns were the true other contender all longer or the celtics jordan <laughs> or the i wow you know i don't know if you come to this show for really really deep analytical takes or if you come here, because because me and Jordan will interrupt ourselves singing "Country Roads," mm-hmm. but man, I, I I got I got a whopper for all you all you hoop heads out there. Man, Nikola Jokic sure is good, huh? Very good. He sure is inhumanly good at basketball, and is probably now cementing himself as the top twenty-five player of all time. And I don't think he gives a shit. In fact, I think I will I will broker this, Jordan. I think I think that Nikola Jokic cares less about winning this title than me, you, this NBA title, let's make that clear, than me, you or anybody else who's listening to this podcast would feel winning like a rec softball league. Yeah. I feel like it's a right. bar- I feel like any one of us would emote more. Because it's not even the fact that Jokic didn't emote, right? Like, some guys are just subdued, right? Like, some guys are just quiet. They're just subdued, right? They enjoy it internally. It's the fact that everyone asked about it. He seemed just so exasperate, exasperated by even the thought of it. I don't know if you, if you, if you heard it, Jordan. I didn't, I didn't cut the audio, but you know, they asked him if he was excited for the parade. He was like, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go home on Wednesday. Like, Jokic, there's a parade on Thursday. What? How long was that sigh, Jordan? How deeply did you feel that sigh? It was it was a it was a sigh of a man who was heavily inconvenienced. <laughs> I already I already booked a flight. I He's like, I gotta go on the Southwest app after I have to change the flight. I gotta hope that now I gotta go to the airport at five AM and I, I just I, I was already mentally not here after like game three. I was just kind of on autopilot kicking the ball out. Uh, I, what else do people want from me? I've made this game so easy. What do you people want from me? Like, do you think nigga, like Jokic, like owes a debt to like some like heavenly being to like overly simplify the game of basketball? Like, what is it? I don't like, know. Is he just Man, cursed? He just did he like stumble upon some kind of curse? And he just has to become the best basketball player on the planet. He's been given all the gifts to do so. But he's just no desire to do it. It's like, yeah, they gave me two MVPs. Yeah, I have nine. I won eight of nine games in the conference in the reg- in the regular finals. I don't know. Can I go now? Can I pass on to the next world? He's just shocked. Yeah, my real passion in life was being a baker. <laughs> And then All I want like, to do is bake cakes. And then he had like, then he had like a lover who like, 
trampled into like the spring of the spirit world and she got stolen but like the by like the face stealer but the face stealer like loves basketball and told Jokic if he became the greatest basketball player ever he would he would like release her and he was like I'm even going to give you like the the amalgamation of all the abilities of all the greatest basketball players ever but you have to make it happen and he's just he's just tired he just he just doesn't want to do it anymore So anyway, yeah, Nikola Jokic is really good. Uh, oh, also the Denver Nuggets. Way that team constructed. Really cool. Want to talk about that in a little bit. Want to talk about the CBA is going to affect it. And of course, Jordan. We need to talk about how this plays into and reflects upon the Boston Celtics. Jordan, are you not excited? I'm very excited. Because I feel like it is important to mention that the Celtics... Could have had, at different points, both Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray. Jordan, if you if you mind, if I if we take if we take ourselves back, Jordan, to uh to a to a magical time known as 2016. Mm-hmm. Jordan, do you do you remember the year 2016? Uh, I do. June 23rd, 2016, NBA draft. The the Boston Celtics picking third overall select Jalen Brown. Three picks later, one Mr. Jamal Murray is selected. Excuse me. Four picks later at seventh overall, one Mr. Jamal Murray is picked. Now, Jordan, most people pointed to Jalen Brown as the obvious choice. But uh, you know who one person who, without the benefit of hindsight, was unbelievably pro-Jamal Murray, unbelievably anti-Jalen Brown pick over Jamal Murray, Jordan? You want, you want to know who was? Uh, I'm going to say you. Yeah, me. Yeah, me. And I got the receipts if you want to see him, Jordan. And let me tell you, that is such a frustrating take of mine because I have reneged on that take so many times. I've, like, yielded I was wrong about that take. So many times. like, actually, no, Jalen Brown. Great player. They got it right. I've gone back and forth, Jordan. But guess what I'm going to do, Jordan? I'm going to ignore that. I'm going to ignore that for the sake of being right originally. And nobody can stop me, Jordan. Are you going to stop me? I'm not going to Are you going to point out the logical fallacy in the way I'm talking about this? Nope. I think show not. runs on logical fallacies. What'd you say? That's the show runs on logical fallacies. This show fallacies. is fueled by them. It's a clean, burning energy logical fallacies. Renewable. Thousand percent. Like nuclear power. Just constantly bouncing off of each other to create more energy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Without the they super g- fun sites. What'd you say? I said, but without the super fun sites. Exactly. But also, Jordan, also, Jordan, do not forget, do not forget, and this is what I will not take a victory lap on, because I and everybody else thought this was ridiculous initially. If you if you recall, Jordan, in 2016, a little bit before the draft, we suddenly started seeing all these reports that the Denver Nuggets were interested in moving either, for the third overall pick from the Celtics, were interested in moving either one Mr. Yusef Nurkic, now, of the Portland Trailblazers, sure does kind of almost average a double-double sometimes and then gets injured. Or they were willing to move for the third pick and stuff, potentially. One Mr. Nikola Jokic, Jordan. And we laughed at them. Do you remember these reports, Jordan? I do. Oh, how we all laughed. What is Nikola Jokic? The third overall pick and stuff for Jokic? Ridiculous, Jordan. We thought it was ridiculous. So this is not what I'm going to take a victory lap by, but I just want to remind you that the Boston Celtics in that draft could have had either half of this, Jordan. Either half of what is a maybe the NBA's best duo now? I mean, I know that that is extreme recency bias to say. But, you know, Jordan, what else do I got to go off of than who just won a title? What do you want me to tell you, Jordan? You want me to sit there and stoop for Giannis and Giroux Holiday right now? Not going to do it. Well, Giannis said he's he's coming back. He did say he's coming back. He did say the season was not a failure. Mm, is this the rivalry now, Giannis and Jokic? I don't think so, no. <laughs> battle, battle, of the, battle of the European gods. There sure are a lot of them, Jordan. There sure are quite a few. But... Just to say. And by the way, Jordan, you want to talk about like all-time moves. Right? This is another thing I was thinking about earlier. 
I'm talking about all time. You know what the thing is? You know, you know. I think maybe one of the fallacies in the way we evaluate like all time moves in sports is Jordan. We only evaluate really the moves that people make, right? Mm-hmm. We only when you're evaluating moves, you only evaluate the things that people change, right? And obviously, mm-hmm. we can sit here and say that drafting Jokic was it 57th overall, great move, right? But I mean, that's whatever, you know. Excuse me, 41st overall. Actually, not all that impressive. My mistake. You're still getting all-time players there in the in the early 40s. But, you know, impressive. But you know, it's one of those things that is just such a fluke, I can't even give you credit for it, right? It's like giving, like, the Patriots credit for Brady. I, I kind of can't for, like, the draft pick. I, I just kind of can't, right? Because it's just, it's such a fluky thing. There's no way you actually believed in it to this extent. Because then why are you taking the guy at 41st overall? Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, whatever. But the non-move, Jordan, or the lack of move was, and again, we don't give team, we, we never talk about these historically because they're way harder to contextualize, right? But the Denver Nuggets and Michael Malone, because remember, Jordan, remember we go back to that time? They had, Yus, they had Nurkic and they had Jokic. And Nurkic was a higher drafted guy. He had... Been pl- he had played for them more. He had been their primary starter for a bit longer. And they kind of recognized that maybe those two guys wouldn't fit together. Honestly, they probably would now. think just because of the way that Jokic can just play with anybody. But still, you know, they moved on from the guy who was higher drafted. They moved on from the guy who had a, li- had a little bit more pedigree. And I, you know, they had to choose one, Jordan. They moved on from the guy who was the 16th overall pick a few years prior. So I just, you know, Jordan. That's an all-time non-move, Jordan. That is an all-time... The, the Nuggets deciding to build around Jokic instead of Nurkic. That is... Can you imagine, Jordan? That is an all-timer. So I, 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 I don't know, Jordan. I just want to say, sometimes the non-moves are the best moves. And then we get, I mean, the way the Nuggets built their roster this offseason. I mean, last... I mean, I mean, obviously the biggest thing for them was health. I mean, more than anything. And I know, Jordan, you at one point were like, I don't want to hear about the Denver Nuggets health for some reason. I don't want to hear about the health of Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. And Jokic needs to do something now. And oh, God, did he? But I mean, that was probably, I mean, that was obviously the biggest thing for them, right? The health of of Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray, who is an all-time playoff riser, by the way. We're going to talk about a guy who in the postseason here and in the bubble has had his points per game go up like six or seven, and all of his shooting splits become more efficient somehow. All-time playoff riser, apparently. But to have that, the addition of Contavious Caldwell Pope this offseason, Jordan, who is just apparently a champion maker, who really is just a, just a you know an all-time champion caliber role player, he's in those halls now, he's in it with two teams, he does his role extremely well, and that's... That's it, baby. But to add him for what they have, which I think they traded like Monte Morris and Gary Harris. Or was it Will? But no, it was Monte Morris and Will Barton. They traded the Wizards. By the way, we could do some Wizards chatter later. Don't worry, kids. But to do that, to sign Bruce Brown for like mid-level exception money, which we will also talk about the mid-level exception later, kids. Don't you worry. The Aaron Gordon trade, which to me... The Aaron Gordon situation is such an interesting one to me too, Jordan. Because Aaron Gordon this year and Andrew Wiggins on the Warriors last year, I think are really interesting. That they've just that now those two have got me thinking who is like the next really highly drafted player, really highly touted prospect, who's out there on some dog water team right now, who that team is trying to make them be like a focal point. Like, whether it be offensively or be their entire defense. And it's just not working because they're not that kind of guy. Like how, you know, the, the Magic are basically trying to ask Aaron Gordon to be like a LeBron-type player, right? They're trying to have him be like their lead initiator. And the Timberwolves are trying to have Andrew Wiggins uh, be a LeBron-type of player and be their lead initiator. And, that you know, they could not do it. Aaron Go- I mean, Aaron Gordon, just because his skill set just never lended itself to it. And Andrew Wiggins, because he just doesn't have that dog in him. I don't, I don't know. The Andrew Wiggins thing is still always going to be weird. But how many other, you know, like, got, like, highly touted guys who are being forced into, like, this huge role that's not fitting for them would actually be, like, excellent, excellent role players if they were put somewhere where they could just 
play a role that really suits their talent. Like, I mean, again, like them adding Aaron Gordon, basically just asking him to defend and like run to the rim and be a lob threat and him just excelling in that. Great. Brilliant move. You know, like the guys now, like, like I'm going to Jordan. Aaron Gordon is what I keep thinking that Ben Simmons can be on the right, in the right place. Like, I, how often have I had, like, positive... Like, it's what... Every time I've defended Ben Simmons, Jordan, it's because I keep thinking he'd have, like, that kind of situation. And it just keeps not happening. So you, you are the last Ben Simmons defender. I... Yes, Jordan. I, I... You know, is it Towns? I don't know. One... At some point soon, I am going to actually, like, look around the NBA and try to... Like, who's, like, the next, like, Aaron Gordon? Or who's, like, the next Andrew? Because, like, Andrew Wiggins, same thing was not could not handle being the focal point of a team they put him on the warriors like just be a three and d guy great excelled at it all-star they won a title like it's i I don't know that's something i also find interesting i read like this great long feel-good jeff green piece on the ringer who jeff green jordan who who would have thought that in uh the year of our lord 2023 jordan one mr jeff green would be playing 25 minutes a game for, um, oh, excuse me, Jordan. He actually didn't play as many g- games in the finals. But who would have thought that Jeff Green would be playing, um, tw- 17 minutes a game for, um, an NBA champion in the playoffs, Jordan? Did you think that? Uh, no. Did you think that 36 year old Jeff Green would be playing, would be a major contributor, Jordan? Oh, unbelievable, Jordan. Truly, truly and genuinely. What what a cool team this Denver Nuggets group was, Jordan. What a combination of players that I really like. And then Michael Porter Jr., who just, Jordan, is just has a green light going off in his brain at all times. Did you finally do the Michael Porter Jr. thing I told you to do? Uh, no. Which is just to watch Michael Porter Jr. and count the amount of times he gets the ball and doesn't shoot it. You won't count many, Jordan. You won't, you won't count many. And you know, just what, what a cool team headlined by such a cool player and Nikola Jokic and the Celtics, man, maybe still could have beaten this team if they just, just could do anything, but they didn't. And the Nuggets won Jordan. And I, again, I'm so happy that Jokic has, has, has a, has a ring in Jordan. Cause as a Jokic defender, I, 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 I wasn't always, but over the last few years when people just, you know, people started saying he's good and people felt the need to be contrarians, explain why he actually sucks. No, oh, actually he's terrible on defense. Even though he's not terrible on defense, he's actually a very good defender situationally. Such a very intelligent defender. Cause how could he not? Have you ever seen Nikola Jokic make a bad basketball decision? No. No, it's probably why he's so tired. He's out there thinking the whole game, Jordan. He's exhausted. These other dudes are going on straight vibes. Yoga, he's just computing the optimal thing to do at every moment. He's so tired, Jordan. You'd be tired too if you were thinking like that. He's just using his head too much. He's got Mike Malone just screaming at him all the time. He's not having a good time, I guess. And oh my god, Jordan, you still have like ESPN and like everybody worldwide trying to find every angle to explain why the Nuggets are actually boring, Jordan. Have you cont- have you been seeing all the Nuggets are boring narratives? I have seen quite a few of them on Twitter. Don't they suck? What a what a dog water narrative that is. Man, what yeah. a cool team. What just a cool, well constructed, interesting team that plays an unbelievably fun type of basketball to watch who has a player who might genuinely do for the passing big man who is who is going to do historically for the passing big man what Dirk Nowitzki did for the shooting big man in terms of just like like just inspiring like a whole generation of players to try and em- add like that element to their game at like, maybe never quite get to like Jokic's level of passing just like how like you know your like your bigs now don't have aren't like Dirk levels of shooters but they're doing it and it's part of the game. And man, like, how fun can that be? Like, how good is that? So, uh, yeah, boring, though, Jordan. It's boring. Didn't get to watch Jason Tatum have a good game, then have a bad game, then have a good game, then have a bad game for a um, month, for uh, two weeks. So, 
yeah, that's that. That's where I'm at with the Nuggets. Sure do love them. And Jordan, I even, because I'm in such a good mood, I'm going to do something nice. Really? You ready? Oh, yeah. You ready? You ready to do something nice? Sure. For all we have said about the Celtics, Jordan, for all we have said about them being losers and how we don't trust them, I will, one thing that we have failed to bring up is that in fairness, I know you're going to hate this, Jordan. I'm just going to bring this up because it's pointed out to me. Tatum is 25. Jalen Brown is 26. And historically speaking, very few, if any, guys actually break through and win the title, not be competitive. Because those are two very different things, Jordan. Almost nobody actually breaks through and wins that title until they're in their prime, which... I, again, just going by the numbers, going when guys start winning their titles, these guys' prime is is 27 for LeBron, 28 for Jordan, 20. Uh, Kawhi was 27 when he won with the Raptors, counting that without Tim Duncan. Steph was 27. Kobe didn't win his first one without Shaq till he was 30. And Jokic was 28 just now, Jordan. So I'm just going to be fair, Jordan. That's one thing that we have not mentioned yet. It doesn't it sure doesn't it doesn't make me want to change anyway, I feel, Jordan. It doesn't make me want to give them credit, but I am just saying, I suppose if we're going to say all the things we're going to say, it is an important piece of perspective to have that for the most part dudes do not win do not actually win titles at the age of 25. At the age of 26, they need a little bit more seasoning. And they're almost there, Jordan, so they better get it together. So so the extra year or two in a skeletal muscle development is going to help Jalen Brown not turn the ball over 14 yeah, times. Uh, maybe. Apparently, or, or I can't, I'm just saying, historically speaking, the fourth quarter. there's something. That's, that's, yes. That's, yeah, I, last, I get Jordan. Step of, the last step of puberty. We keep saying, like, maybe they just need to get their heads caved in, like, one more time for it to finally get through and motivate them. I, yeah. May, their brain's got to be fully developed. Like, you, you know, you got to. The, the, last, the last whisper of brain development has you to You need to, in. like, lose, like, one extra degree of arrogance. Like, be, become a vested veteran. I, I don't, but it happens. And you know, I guess I believe it. They got to be off their parents' health insurance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, what you got to get your own. Exactly. It's there's something. I mean, I I believe in it to some extent. Like there's something to be said for just then you're still young when you're in your late twenties. You're 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 a man now. Like I don't I don't know. But I'm just saying it happens. Like that is what happens. Yon, I don't remember how how old Giannis. Like same thing. I mean, Giannis had had like Giannis was like 26 though. Um, I think it was a little bit younger, but I mean, a little bit older, but I mean, Giannis 27, like it, it does happen like clockwork. It, sh- it sure does happen. <laughs> it sure is what th- keeps happening. So I, I, I'm just bringing that up because Jokic was 28 and he didn't do it till now. And in fairness, he did less in the playoffs than, this, than the Celtics did before he won. So I, just throwing that out there. What we'll actually discuss, though, Jordan, is that you ready? You ready to hear a name that we that we that we seem that always seems to pop his little little head up time and time again, Jordan? Mm-hmm. Bradley Beal, Jordan, you want to talk about Bradley Beal stuff? That's, that's my favorite thing to talk about. So Bradley Beal is apparently the Wizards, after giving him a five-year, two hundred fifty-one million dollar contract extension with a no-trade clause, after a unbelievably successful season where they opted at the deadline not to sell any of their pieces like Kyle Kuzma and won 35 whole games, have now looked around Jordan and shockingly, with an unbelievable amount of wisdom, have gone, maybe we should just blow this up. Maybe, maybe, maybe the core of Bradley Beal, Kristaps Porzingis, who had a very good season last year, Jordan, don't let anybody tell you otherwise. 
and Kyle Kuzma might not be enough to compete in the East. And maybe we, because we just keep getting like the ninth overall pick every year, we don't really have the avenues to seek true sustainable improvement. Also, for whatever reason, Rui Hachimura was one of the best players on a team that made the conference finals in the West. Go figure. But maybe we got... So now they're looking at it, Jordan. They're looking at it. And... The Celtics are at least one of the teams that keep that's getting thrown around now. The main teams I've seen... For the Bradley Beal deal? They, they are. And you know, Jordan, we've talked about Bradley Beal plenty of times, have we not? We have. I mean, we'll sell... We'll, goes around, him and Jason Tatum are boys... Their kids play together. This sounds like stupid crap to bring up, Jordan, but more often than not, the stupid crap actually turns out being really important in these NBA deals. Sure does. And it's been the Celtics, and it's been the Heat have been brought up as, like, the other heavy team. And today, the Kings have started getting brought up, Jordan. Like, the Kings are in the mix on this Bradley Beal thing. Oh, that the boy. And that the Wizards are, again, to my knowledge, they've not expressed any interest in blowing it up up until now. Like, as much as other people have talked about it for years, they've really never looked at it very seriously. Now it seems like they're actually doing it. And should I start with, like, my general interesting thing about it as a league-wide thing? Or do you want me to give my Celtics interesting thing about it first? What do you want first, Jordan? Well, I think I think first we should acknowledge the fact that we both said that they shouldn't have signed him for. Oh, yeah. I mean, God, I mean, that contract. Or if you gave him that money, I don't know how he negotiated you into giving him a new tra- a no trade clause. And the I, super- I, I, be- I believe you said Bradley Beal is a wizard or he has like some type of mind control apparatus. Yes, we did talk about that. Yes. How you got how they got him to how he got them to give him the most money possible that any team way more than any other team could have possibly given him and then go mm, 50 million a year versus just a regular max is nice. But I also need a no tra- a full I also need to be the only player in the NBA with a full no trade clause. Unbelievable. And they still should have signed him. I mean, they should have let him walk for nothing. Because I just figured eventually they're still going to trade him and get something for it, which will be more than the nothing they get for letting him walk whenever they wise it up. And I guess they're finally doing it, Jordan. And I'm going to start my league-wide thing. So I do think this is actually like genuinely like an interesting trade scenario, like an interesting trade thing to think about and talk about because as good as Bradley Beal is, and he's very good. He's, he hasn't been, as, he's been, had started having like health issues for the last couple of years, but Bradley Beal, very good player. Excellent player. was all NBA a couple of years ago. Very good shooter. Very good. Great offensive initiator. All that, right? We, we Bradley Beal, very good. Played 50 games last year. Played 40 games the year before that. Who who knows how much of that is him being legitimately hurt and him being like, ah, why go out for the Wizards? Who knows? But, some, you know, somewhere in the middle. So, some of those 40 games he missed, he probably plays for a team that's actually trying. But the Bradley Beal thing is interesting because, Jordan, I do believe that for a lot of teams that otherwise wouldn't be able to get in on like a Donovan Mitchell trade or like an Anthony Davis trade or you name it, Jordan, Bradley Beal is going to be more obtainable. Like Bradley Beal is going to be like legitimately more obtainable than these guys because of the things we're talking about, right? Like he's making a unbelievable amount of money. He is making, he is about to turn 30. I don't believe he's 30. He's not 30 yet, but he's about to turn 30. The injury thing has been here, and he's going. He's going to be thirty in thirteen days. Happy early birthday to Bradley Beal, Jordan. Going to be thirty on the twenty eighth. But he twelve days when his podcast posts. But and of course, the teams that trade for him aren't going to, you know. Bradley Beal's going to have because he, he can, you know, if you if you forget, no trade clause means that he can still agree to be traded anywhere, but he can just veto any trade. It's really not a no trade clause; it's a full trade veto. He has for those in the audience a little bit confused about that, but he can't. Right, so he has a say. So it just all those things lead up into 
as far as I can, I don't think Bradley Beal is going to end up going for like the mega, mega, mega package, right? I think it'll be more like two, three first round picks and stuff and somebody to make the money work. And that's why I think it's interesting, Jordan, because I think he legitimately, like there are going to be a lot of very good teams that you would think otherwise couldn't get in on an all star, all NBA caliber player. They wouldn't have, like, the ammo to get involved in that guy. I think they're going to legitimately be able to get involved on Bradley Beal. Like the Heat, Jordan. They can make they can make it happen with Tyler Hero and a couple of picks. Like, that will like I mean, that trade will be valid. And again, I, like, if Bradley Beal says he's only going to Miami, Jordan, what do you do if you're the Wizards? You probably end up taking Tyler Hero and a couple of picks. Or Tyler Hero, two firsts, and, like, Nikola Jovic. You know, if if you're the Bucks, I mean, I've heard that Bucks brought up as like a Chris Middleton sign and trade kind of thing. Eh, eh, I might not do that if I were them, but you could. the The 76ers could make it work with Tobias Harris and some picks. The pff, I don't know what the Kings would have to do. I assume it's doable because they're talking to him. And again, if he says he wants to go there, wants to light the beam, baby, he can't. And Jordan, the Boston Celtics. The Boston Celtics, the the reason I am, like, entertaining this, Jordan, is that the Celtics can make it, can fit both him and Jalen Brown onto the roster. That is a thing they can do. They could trade smart, Brogdon. They have enough picks. They have, a, they have all their future picks available. However many it would be, and it would work. It would not work in two years, Jordan. They'd have to figure out something when the Supermax kicks in. But next season, they could have Bradley Beal, Jalen Brown, and Jason Tatum on the same roster if they wanted to. With, like, Derek White and still keep their bigs. It's a thing they could do. And again, if if, what, if Bradley Beal said, I only want to go play with my friend Jason Tatum, which sounds silly, Jordan, but how many times do NBA players say, I only want to go play with my friend this guy? Sorry, multi-billion dollar business, you have to trade me there, Jordan? Does it happen? Happens a lot. Happens a lot. So, to say before we talk about it, it is possible. So, like, if it is, if it was that kind of package, if it was smart, Brogdon, and some number of firsts, maybe Pritchard, maybe not. Let's not get let's not get crazy here. I, you know, are you interested in taking a swing on Bradley Beal? I mean. You're, you're training away the heart and soul. Of the, you are the training Boston away the Celtics. heart and soul of the Boston. It's true, Joe. Just to start their best point guard. It's true. So I don't. Maybe, maybe there's some repercussions there, but yeah, you know, I give it a shot. I, you, you know, it's he sure doesn't fix any of their problems that we've outlined in terms of being a winner or like a really good facilitator or like defensively help them. But you know, he does just add to their strengths, Jordan. And I do, I do still believe there's a certain apex where this team just keeps. Getting more and more shooting, you know, may- maybe it works. Like maybe you just muscle your way over the top by doing the same thing but better. Uh, yeah, it's out. Th- I mean, I'm interested. In- I'm, I'm in on it too. And like, if they could legitimately roll in the next year with like where it was like Derek, wa- where it was like Bradley Beal, Brown, Tatum, Horford, Rob Williams, Derek White, and then whatever. I think that's better. Like, it's certainly shaking it up, Jordan. At a bare minimum, it's shaking something up. And then, you know, I guess after that, it just comes... I mean, I guess the new decision make that kind of starts to come down to, like, what, what does Tatum want? Like, if Tatum wants to play with Beal, I think you just make it happen. And then you roll those dice that, you know, it's not like Beal's a winner, Jordan. I don't think... Would you call Bradley Beal a known quantity as a winner? Not quite. Not quite. But I... <sighs> It does make you better. Like, it does. I think. I think. Like, if you can't find the move. Like, Jordan, we've been talking about how we can't figure out the move to fix their intangible problems. So maybe you just ignore them entirely and just keep making moves to make them better at the things that we actually know that they do well. And you just. Maybe. Again, you just. Maybe you don't actually give this team any more heart. But they just. I thought they were at the point where they were good enough where they could win without that. Maybe. Maybe you just keep going in that direction. I don't, I don't know. So I don't know. The Bradley Beal thing is interesting to me. Like, I'm willing to entertain it. Like, I am I am truly and genuinely willing to entertain it because it, team building is about to change, Jordan. 
I don't know how, how I don't know how up you are on this uh this new CBA that's kicking in this year, Jordan, but I do think it's it's actually like interesting and worth talking about. Which if you do not know, if you do not know. Up until now, really, Jordan, for the most part, the luxury tax penalties has been like maybe a little bit of like foolery with like the mid-level exception money. But mainly for NBA teams, the luxury tax penalties have been basically just financial, right? Like, it's mainly just been that if you go above the luxury tax, the, the, the owners have to pay a bunch of money. And I say, boo-hoo, wah, wah-wah, oh no, do it anyway, be good, you cheap skates, or I'll get a billionaire who will. But now, Jordan, with this new CBA, the... It's changing in a way where if you clear this $179.5 million second luxury tax apron is what they're calling it, Jordan. So they're doing the dishes. Mm-hmm. Throwing on the apron. You lose the taxpayer mid-level exception. Okay. You lose the ability to sign buyout players Ooh. in season. You... The way you're able to match money in trades is, like, really reduced. Like, you can't take back more money than you're getting in trades. You're not able to include cash in trades. And you can't trade draft picks, I believe it's seven years out, when normally teams can. So you can't include those, like, 2030 pick swaps, Jordan. That, that, but that just ruins the integrity of the game. It really does. So, like, the James Harden trade, Jordan, not the one to the 76ers, the one to the Nets that happened 11 months before, could could not happen because the trade picks that were really far out and the Nets took back more money in that trade than they brought out. Like, quite a bit more. And you couldn't do that. And this puts teams in it. This, this changes things up a little bit, Jordan. I don't know if it's good. I feel like this is just teams trying to find more excuse making to uh, like not have to. It's it's an out. It's to stop the Warriors, right? Like it's because the Warriors just you know nutted up like no other organization has nutted up in the game and just started throwing around money like crazy to maintain their core. Paid all these insane luxury tax penalties and other teams instead of being competitive, Jordan and spending with them, they went. Oh no, we're broke. Oh no, this is tough. Oh no, let's make it hard. Let's make it so you can't do that. So now Jordan. There are real team-building ramifications. And, like, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that none of these things mean anything, right? Like, buyout players, we did we not just see Kevin Love be a major contributor to the Heat on a championship run? Mm-hmm. Right? Did we not just see, for mid-level, I mean, while the guys who are mid-level exception guys, Bruce Brown, I don't know if he actually signed for specifically a mid-level exception, but it was within mid-level exception money. It was under a $7 million per year contract. Gallinari, who the Celtics signed, did not end up playing for them, but remember when we thought that was a great ad, Jordan? Yeah. Gallinari was a mid-level exception guy. Dante DiVincenzo on the Warriors was a mid-level exception guy this year. Lonnie Walker on the Lakers, Jordan, remember him? Yep. Caleb Martin was a mid-level exception guy. Kyle Anderson, who was very good for the Timberwolves this year, was a mid-level exception guy. Like, P.J. Tucker on the 76 as much as I make fun of him, that was considered an addition. Gary Payton on the Trailblazers was a mid-level exception guy, then wound back up. I think, oh my god, Jordan, I didn't even realize this. Malik Monk was a mid-level exception guy. On the Kings. Mm -hmm. Which, just all this to say is that what is going to happen with this is we're going to see now an NBA where for these teams that have like occurred a certain level of talent, like your actual contenders, the assets that, and this already affects teams by the way. Now, like the, the nuggets, if they want to re-sign Bruce Brown, they can only offer him $5 million a year now. And you think Bruce Brown is probably looking to get more money than he got in his last contract. You think Bruce Brown yeah, kind of paid played himself into a little bit of a payday. Yeah, but you see the Nuggets. I, don't I, might have... their, I, might, I might, I might take the pay cut to stick around. Oh, he might, but I'm saying the Nuggets, so they don't even have the same ammo they had last off season to add him. Is what I'm saying, though. They could mm-hmm. even they have less of an exception to sign him to now. And it's just to say that what this will do is for teams that are higher, like 
on the in the higher echelon of league because like all the all the top teams really are in the luxury tax for the most part that I can think of, or they are or they're about to be. I don't like I don't know if the Grizzlies are yet, but they're about to be once that once they got to start paying everybody like. So, yeah, excuse me, like once like a Desmond Bain contract kicks in, but this is all to say that like these teams now, their ability to round out their, like the tools that they used to be able to use, like the Warriors have always used it exceedingly well. I don't remember if Otto Porter Jr. was a mid-level exception guy for the Warriors the year they won the title. But a lot of these avenues that teams have been able to use to round out their roster, like trading picks far into the future, buyout guys, all that, are now being taken away from them. And I think it's like, for like the real guys who enjoy like the fringes of NBA, like for the guys like me who enjoy watching how teams build out like their sixth, seventh, and eighth guys, I think it's interesting because you'll have a situation now where like the Bucks, specifically Jordan, if the Bucks re-sign Chris Middleton to some kind of max, and then re-sign Brooke Lopez to, like, a reasonable contract of probably get. I mean, like, the $10, $15 million range. They're there. Like, they're in this apron already, Jordan. And that means that, again, they can basically only sign vet men-type guys. That's all they can do. Like, I think they still have Grayson Allen under contract. And, like, whoever they still have, all they can do this offseason assign vet men guys or try and flip around those guys for players making equal money. And they can't take money back again. They couldn't trade like Grayson Allen's 10 million for a guy making like 18 million who they might think is better. They can't do that now. But before they could do something like that. They can't go sign like that. Like, cause they get every year. Don't we see good players? You've seen like good ready contributors sign for the mid-level exception. Like every year, mm-hmm. every year. And I just read a list of guys who were legitimately good players this year. Who signed that? So that's another. It's just again. So these teams are losing it, and I think I mean, unless what happens is just like the NBA like role player market just deflates, and all these guys just end up having to sign for like no money. Like that could be what happens. I hope that's not what happens because now that feels like players like the middle class like middle class players are just being punished. Like middle class relative to NBA players, you know what I'm saying? Like like the role players of the NBA are now being punished because owners don't want to, have to pony up money. I I hope that's not what happens, right, Joe? Because that would suck. I would not like to see that. That would be a loss for the NBA as a bastion of class warfare, Jordan. But what I think could happen, and again, Jordan, there's a Nuggets connection to this because the Nuggets are so interesting, is that I think specifically in the draft is that the... I think the type of player that you might see prioritized, like not at the top of the draft, the top of the draft is always going to be like, take the biggest home run swing you can, right? Like that's always going to be the top of the NBA draft. That's how you should approach it. Cause what makes you in the NBA Jordan, if not stars, right? But I think beyond that, I think the draft could look a little bit different because we saw it with the Nuggets now, right? Remember Christian Braun, Jordan? Mm. Christian Braun who played some meaningful minutes for them in the playoffs, Jordan. Especially in the finals. Christian Braun, Jordan, won a champion, won an NCAA title at Kansas, was a three-year starter there. Might have been a four-year player. Might have been a red shirt his first year. And, you know, Jordan, I mean, how often usually when you come into the draft, we talk about these guys who are low-ceiling, like, college seniors, and they're just... The non-factors, right? Like, Because typically, the NBA draft is about upside, more so than anything. But I think maybe we could see a little bit of a shift on that. I think, again, if teams are, like, lacking avenues to add role play, like, good teams are lacking avenues to add role players, I wouldn't be surprised, Jordan, if over the next year, two, three years, we see, like, a big uptick in just the percentage of draftees who are, you know, th- juniors and seniors in college. Like, guys who have played a lot of basketball at high levels, played a lot of NCAA tournament games, and again, don't have super high ceilings, but, you know, no, are ready to contribute to, to meaningful basketball. You know, like guys who are going to do, who like know how to, know where to be, know how to cut, can, like all these little things, right? You're like all these little things that hyper, super talented athletes who are 18 years old haven't had experience doing yet. 
Then we can see that. I think I can trickle down to the way on drafted guys work. And I guess it's, I guess it's interesting. Like, I think if any, I, mainly I think it'll just end up either again, A, deflating contracts for role players, or B, you know, like the kind of guys we used to see sign for a mid-level exception and go, oh, wow, they got him on a mid-level exception. That's pretty impressive. We'll just end up going on like a vet min deal and we'll go, wow, they got Bruce Brown on a vet min deal. That's pretty impressive. And that'll be sad. I don't want to see that. Or we're going to just see like these top teams. They'll just, they'll just kind of degradate a little bit. Again, not in big, obvious, monstrous ways, but like in ways that again, like, you know, you, we, you'll make fun of me for talking about the role players in free agency. And then we get to the finals and it's like, wow, like Bruce Brown sure was important. Catavius called Jeff Green sure was important. Like last year, oh wow, Otto Porter sure was important. If only every team could get these like rounding out the roster fringe type of moves correctly. So yeah, I think the new CBA could be some interesting stuff. Drew, I don't know if you have any takes on that one. Um, I don't. It was it wasn't clickbaity enough for me. Oh yeah, yeah, sorry. What 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 you, you should have did right here, and this is where you can you can chop this out. Uh-huh. Put it on YouTube, put it on TikTok. Like, is the new NBA CBA to end the super teams? Oh, Question so true. Mark? Well, maybe, I mean, maybe it does. Maybe. Yeah, like maybe maybe a team like the Bucks goes, you know what? Maybe instead of Chris of Chris Middleton, we, we're able to build like a rounded out roster. I kind of think that's dumb. I got to be honest. I think you shouldn't do that. I think if you can maintain like a core of three or four guys, you should just be able to identify talent other ways. But I, it might be like if I, it'll at least make teams have to think a little bit more. And again, I don't think that you should let like all stars walk so you can keep your mid level exception, right? Because that sounds moronic. Also, if you think about it for more than five, like wow, you know, should we keep an all star or should we maintain the flexibility to sign a guy for eight million dollars and Jordan sign buyout guys? You know, Chris Middleton's nice, but like, what if John Wall gets bought out again? Don't want to be, don't want to be missing out on that. Yeah, can't, can't forget about the cash considerations. Oh, oh, they can't do and cash. The, the, oh, they, you're right. And, and, they the, and the 2040 draft picks. Right? Oh, they can't trade the 2040 draft picks or the cash considerations. Ridiculous. Trade machines are in shambles. It's the only reason to watch basketball. Re- <laughs> I don't know if they can trade international rights. I didn't see how that was affected. Mm, mm. Maybe they just. <laughs> just funnel all, all their players to to like some Turkish basketball league. <laughs> the Cairo Bucks going crazy. Yeah. But they get really creative like two ways in ten days. <laughs> oh, I'm sure there's something in here that also like somehow limits like the amount of two ways you can have or something. Like somehow it's in there, it's like, ooh, if you're above if you're in the third apron, no more ten days. But, yeah, I don't know. Uh, teams being able to – teams – I don't know how many people out there really want to, really wanted to hear me do 20 minutes and how, like, teams' flexibility to sign players to the mid-level exception has been curbed and how interesting I find it. But um, this is my podcast, so I, I took – I made the decision to do it anyway, and I don't regret is this it. Is this a luxury apron or a luxury body bag? Oh, so true. So about to put teams' depth in a body bag, Jordan. Ooh, you want to talk about expanding the roster? How about you expand your flexibility with draft and and and, and team salary capital? Ooh, better start drafting higher, higher, higher floor, lower ceiling players at at later points in the draft to have to ensure you can have some quality role players for the postseason, like like Christian Braun. Remember him? Oh, you know I forgot to bring up Jordan. You know that Austin Reeves is getting a shoe. No, I did not know that. This is completely unrelated. Oh, man. He's getting a shoe with the Chinese company Rigorare. Dude, they're kind of fresh. The AR1s are kind of fresh. (laughs) The AR1s? That's what the kids are calling them? No, that's what they're actually called. That's what what Shams is calling them. Oh, my God. The AR1s? By yeah. some random Chinese shoe company. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna send you the video. Hang on, I'm gonna send you the video so you can look at these quick. You got a seven-figure deal for the shoes, Jordan. Seven. Oh my. All right. Well, yeah, I take that back. Austin Reeves got a seven-figure deal for the shoes. 
They're kind of good. They're kind of. Oh, wait, I, I might just like them because they're purple. I'm actually just going to do a photo. That's a way better idea. Look, look at the last thing I just sent you on Discord. Okay. I mean, I don't, I don't like the, I don't like the giant target on the side. But other than that, well, that's because he's a cool. sniper, Jordan. He is a sniper. Yeah, it, I will, I will entertain the idea that maybe I just like them because there's purple on them. It, there's, there's something there. So you know, Austin, Austin Reeves. Who, who I, I can, I can see like a some colorways of that looking, looking good. Who, who you might, who Austin Reeves, who, who you can easily argue the Lakers might need to prioritize this offseason over D'Angelo Russell is uh, now. D'Angelo, they should, D'Angelo Russell should be gone. He, he, he just does this, man. Again. It's tough. And then, and the D'Angelo Russell wave, tough. This, the D'Angelo Russell cycle happening again during the season. Wow, what a fun, scrappy player that's helping your team be better. Then the playoffs happen. You're like, this guy sucks. We need to get rid of him. And I'll go somewhere. I'll go to like the Mavericks and be pretty good. But to do like the Kyrie sign and trade. Anyway, uh, yeah, Austin Reeves is pretty, is pretty good. It turns out he's he's not just a joke, and now he's got a shoe. And I'm oddly not sick of him because I feel like Austin Reeves is the exact kind of player I would be sick of, but uh, but I'm not. I'm not like I feel like there's a universe where I have like a guttural hatred of hearing about Austin Reeves. You know, Jordan. I don't. I don't feel that. He's too. He's too much of a dog. He's too much of a scrapper. Too much of a scrapper. Jesus Christ! He shot. It's because because you let you you let him date it. You 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 would let him date your dog. He shot forty four percent from three in the postseason. Jesus. He he brought his lunch pail to work. Every he was day. legitimately their third best player. That's so funny. Yeah. So uh, you know he's got a shoe now. He's got he's got a Chinese shoe now, Joe. Oh, what if we get the Austin Reeves Chinese shoe commercial? Oh God! Will that will that replace the John Cena speaking Mandarin coffee pot? Would that replace Would that replace Bing chilling? Well, Maybe. That, like what if he's doing it like with like his southern drawl, just trying to speak Mandarin? Maybe. Well, we're gonna keep our eye. We we'll keep our eyes on that for you people. Me and Jordan will keep our ears to the ground on that one. Anyway, uh, DeAndre Hopkins is visiting with visited with the Patriots today because he got released. Um, we. Be- we haven't which, talked which, about which number one. What what the what the hell's going on in Arizona? I you know what they could what are trade they doing? him because it's the NBA because the NFL Jordan and, and teams smartly realize that if you start shopping a guy, you owe a bunch of money too. You can just not trade anything and you'll just cut him. It's just, it's simply what happened. So anyway, uh, you want you want DeAndre? Because I gotta tell you, Jordan, I was pretty down on them trading for DeAndre Hopkins, but uh. If he's free, in terms of assets, I say lock him in his hotel room and don't let him get on a plane out of Foxborough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's probably the smart move. Oh man, he's literally <laughs> force, here. Force him, force him to sign. Yeah, I just literally just, gr- just don't let him leave. Do do whatever. I don't care if he doesn't want to practice. Which uh, you know, Mike, Mike Reese reporting. I mean, Mike Reese reporting that it was that it was that that the uh, visit and barring an unexpected turn, both sides are now expected to take some time to assess their next steps. Which means Jordan, he's using you for leverage. By the way, let's not be crazy. Which which obviously means that DeAndre Hopkins is using the Patriot for leverage against good teams. Mm-hmm. Okay, clearly that's what is happening here. By the way, I'm I'm under no delusion that nah, he just buys into the mystique of Bill. He wants to come catch passes from Mac, unless DeAndre Hopkins is legitimately just like an all-time loser and just wants money and to be the number one guy, even if it's not a crappy team, which is what you are. You're a crappy team. But you'd be a lot better with DeAndre Hopkins. And not you have give, to do. You have to. You have to kidnap him. I. I would lock him and lock him in like a basement. I agree. I'm of like that. a mill in like Lawrence. I yeah, absolutely. Just like the slow drip of like the Merrimack River. Yeah. No, a hundred. Yeah. Seeping through the walls. The Patriots have $14 million in cash. And I know, Jordan, you want to maintain some cushion to maneuver during the season, Jordan. I understand. That's very important to have. Maybe even more important than DeAndre Hopkins. Just like the mid-level exception is more important than Chris Middleton. Mm-hmm. But maybe 
maybe Jordan, they still sign him anyway. It's a bold idea, Jordan. What what are what a wide receiver core? Juju, DeAndre, DeAndre Hopkins. You know, you got Tyquan, you got Kendrick. You know, not looking bad. It's what we said, Jordan. That wide receiver core doesn't look bad if they just get an elite number one guy. And again, DeAndre Hopkins might be 31, but you're not trading a first-round draft pick for him. You're just signing him for free. You're just signing him for free, Jordan. I know he doesn't like to practice. He hates practicing. And people are trying to say, like, oh, Bill won't want a guy who doesn't want to practice. You know who else hasn't been practicing, Jordan? Trent Brown. The whole team, Jordan. We're not even on Trent Brown yet. Okay. <laughs> you know what the team did yesterday instead of practice, Jordan? They had one of their few... Few days of minicamp, which by the way, Jordan, they lost days of minicamp for cheating. Days of minicamp they already lost because special teams meetings went too long one day. That's legitimately what happened, Jordan. I don't even remember that. They got docked days of OTAs because they had special teams meetings that lasted over the union. They had mandatory special teams meetings that lasted too long. So they lost days of OTAs. But those fucking meetings didn't work, so what was the point? No, they were this offseason, Jordan. We haven't seen oh. if they worked yet. Okay. I thought, I thought this was last year. I'm like, well, I, I those, say, those were a waste of time. <laughs> I would say, I would even argue, Jordan, that maybe, you know, as me, as somebody who believes in practice, as somebody who will not sit here and say, oh, who cares about losing OTAs? Oh, they don't mean anything. I'm not that person, Jordan. Let me tell you, you know what this team needs, Jordan? Practice. Practice. They need it. They need it's a bad. probably a good thing that the special teams were meeting over time this what they should be doing, actually. Well, I'm saying, Joe, I'm saying that probably whatever extra 20 <laughs> minutes they got on special teams, they probably would get less done than they would get in an entire practice. But they lost two. So they lost two practices, Jordan. And then, and then you know what they did? You know, you know what they did yesterday? Instead of having the last day of our mandatory OTAs? What did they do? They played paintball. They went at a team paintball game, Jordan. Okay. Which okay. I really think evokes you know, the classic Patriot saying of, uh, of days off. No, it's all about team camaraderie and spirit. It's all about days off, Jordan. So, like, was, like, Bill Belichick and, like, Bill O'Brien playing? I'd like to see the photos. I got to tell you. Like, like, is Bill Belichick really nasty at paintball? I bet he is. I bet he's an assassin at it. Like, does he, is, he, is like, one of those hardos that have, like, mock-up, like, guns, but they're just paintballs? <laughs> he might be. But it has like Joe Judge like, AR fifteen paintball gun. He's got he's got Joe Judge like he's got Joe Judge like carrying like his extra like extra magazines. Yeah. Just throwing them to him. Yeah. So anyway, uh, you know, Jordan, I I I you may, may you know the Bill Belichick is tapped out theory. Sure, sure are looking good right now. Maybe he just wants to play paintball. Uh, clearly. He just has nobody to play paintball with. He just ne- none of his friends ever want to come. Like Bill Parcells. Because all his friends are like 90 now. They're all too old. Like there's actually been this like underground ring of like all like NFL coaches for the last 20 years all being like super into paintball and not telling anybody. Like I've always said like at like all like the coaches like events they always have like secret paint. Like all like the last gen of coaches had like paintball meetups. And new kids they don't want to do it. Like the Kyle Shanahan's of the world they're, they're not into the paintball. They're into like you know, like offensive formations mm-hmm. and like wide receivers, but you know, like, like, like Belichick and like the Harbaugh's and like Mike Shanahan and like Ron River, all these guys super into paintball, super into it. And felt, but now they can't do it anymore because they're all too old. All his friends are too old. So he was like, He's like, oh, I got 53 built in. I got 90 built in friends right here. So he dragged everybody to paintball. You think they had fun? You think they had fun as a team, George? You think that you think that all these guys making millions of dollars enjoyed a compulsory uh, paintball family fun? I mean, I want to say yes. Because, like, because, like, if you're, if you're, if you're, if you're, if you're like that rich, then you like, you can do paintball like some like absurd way. Like, you can get like an empty field and, I don't know, recreate like a World War One battle. The or some finest shit. luxuries in life, Jordan, like an empty field. Yeah. The, fi- the finest things money can buy. Is, it, is that your idea of opulence? It's just an empty field. 
to recreate recreate a World War One battle. Yeah, you could just go play at an empty field, Jordan. You can't you can't do that for free. They'll just give those away. Like, listen, Jake. You can't recreate the Brusilov offensive if you're not a millionaire. You can't okay, dig a hole. Nope. <laughs> Digging holes in empty fields. The two the two markers of opulence for Jordan Bobit. Like you have a hill, you have a, you have two trenches on opposite sides, a windmill, <laughs> got, and some barbed wire. That's what you need. You got, you got, you got Bri- Bill O'Brien leading a charge. Yep. Oh, also, Especially, by the way, another reason DeAndre Hopkins probably isn't coming here is probably just using you for leverage. Yeah. Probably doesn't want to play with Bill O'Brien again. Just a guess. Uh, unless, unless, unless he's going to fight Bill O'Brien. <laughs> He's just doing it so he can wait till like week four for Bill O'Brien to say something he doesn't like, and then just to just clock him. Yeah. And then be able to play it off. It's like, oh, it's passion on the field. It also also he traded me for pennies. Did trade you for David Johnson in the second round pick. At the height of his power. Sure did. And have any of them accomplished anything since? Nope. So can no. I even call the trade an L? I don't know. It, it was L on merit. It <laughs> probably yeah. But uh, again, please actually have practices, Patriots. Please, again, I've never been a hater on practice. I I, I got annoyed with people when they got when they said, said I was stupid when I got mad at Brady when he wasn't coming to OTAs at at the end. There, people told me that was a stupid thing for me to care about. But man, let me tell you, Jordan, when Brady was coming to every practice, people love sucking him off because of it. Well, you know, Tom Brady wasn't wasn't fighting against Joe Judge and the Carpathians. Sure wasn't. <laughs> so, uh, you know, Jordan, you know, you know what would be great about signing DeAndre Hopkins, Bill? You know why you should do it? Because if Max still sucks, nobody can say you didn't try and help him. That's true. You know, nobody can say you didn't try and help him. You know, he's left maybe, half- maybe 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 they're at a beach. Maybe they're doing Gallipoli. Oh, nice. Who, 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 who's, who's, who's playing the Turks then? I don't know the defensive line. Okay. Who, by the yeah, way, yeah, like Matt, you had like Matt Judon on on the guns in the street. <laughs> Absolutely. By the way, no Lawrence guy is holding out. <laughs> no, I did not know that. Yeah, Lord, Lord, Lawrence guy is of all, of all players, Jordan, selfish, entitled, me first, Lord Lawrence guy. Well, he's worried about all blowing up all those world war those old those old battleships that are just gonna get destroyed at the end of the war anyway. <laughs> he wasn't actually holding out, he was just with Bill plotting out the paintball offensive. Exactly. Okay. I think they should probably just pay Lawrence guy, I gotta be real with you. Probably. But uh they probably also won't. also the Patriots recreating Gallipoli as a paintball game is one of the funniest things we've ever said on this show. Is it? Okay, I'm glad you're enjoying it. It's 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 actually it's actually fucking hilarious, but like only only probably me and kind of you find it funny. <laughs> you know, they, I know I would have enjoyed if they had another OTA instead. By the way, also their starting left tackle uh, skipped all of the non-mandatory practices. Came on Monday, uh, did one drill, and then went down. He did it. Trent Brown did. In fact, he threw a bag. He did one drill and then went. Ah, that's enough for me. He was actually excuse me. He actually missed the first mandatory day because his because uh, his flight got delayed. Because he tried to fly out for the Monday practice on Sunday night. Okay, I mean, because he really didn't want to be there. I guess tell tells you how invested he is. I say that's you know that's that's an attempt. Though. He's got a twelve million dollar cap bait. Can't can't fly out in in the morning the day before. Hey man, you know how you know how those you know how those planes get. Maybe maybe his plane maybe his flight was delayed the entire day. There was not. There was a late flight. And that's your starting well, left tackle, baby. And that's your starting left tackle. And please, please just sign DeAndre. Please, just something. Just, just do something good. Just do something good and exciting. Remember how good and exciting it was when you drafted Christian Gonzalez, Patriots. Just, 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 just do what the other bad teams do, and give us these cheap little, give us these cheap little like boosts of like something fun happening, and then go back to sucking. That's what the bad teams fans get sometimes. You can't be bad and not do that. So that's it. We're not doing a schedule today, Jordan. Because <laughs> we gotta know if they're gonna have DeAndre Hopkins now, Jordan. It can change the <laughs> landscape of the AFC. 
it could it could have potentially changed the landscape of the AFC. This they could go for being the worst team in the division and maybe better than the Dolphins. Yeah. <laughs> That's all maybe, I got. Maybe Trent Brown was too busy capturing Jerusalem. Oh, so true. Like, like the British did in 1915. Abs- absolutely. Great point. Actually, it might have been 1960. I don't, I don't know what year they captured it. God damn it. One of those years. <laughs> so uh, that that's it that's that's all I got that's the show uh, goodbye everybody I'm Jake that's Jordan we'll, we'll see you guys we'll see you guys next time <laughs> bye <laughs>